Welcome to Tubular Connections, a series where we make meaningful connections in the HSS, steel, and engineering communities. Here's your host, Brad Fletcher, Senior Structural Engineer at Atlas Tube. Well, hello, uh, this is Brad Fletcher, Senior Sales Structural Engineer with uh, Atlas Tube, and uh, this is our debut podcast. And today I'm having a little brief discussion with a couple gentlemen from AISC. We've got Matt Brady, who is the uh, structural steel specialist for the Washington, D.C. area, and newcomer uh, Dennis Polarczyk, who is the structural steel specialist for the Raleigh-Durham area. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Yeah, good to be here. You know, we just finished up doing a presentation for some engineers and fabricators here in the Washington, D.C. area, where we were talking about hollow structural section specifications. And this was kind of a little bit of a brainchild between uh, Matt and myself on uh, trying to get the word out about understanding these specifications. So, Matt, tell me a little bit about what your goals were with this and whether we met the goals today. Yeah, so I really appreciate you being able to come out here and, and, and talk about this topic. Uh, we were seeing a lot of questions uh, from designers and uh, different people in the industry about the different types of HSS and tube steel that were available and not only which material grades they should use or specify, but also what some of the availability uh, challenges were with those materials. So uh, after answering some of these questions, uh, and uh, engaging with you a handful of times, uh, we kind of felt that it was best to uh, go straight to the source and make the information available to everyone all at once. Good. And, and you think that this pre the presentation today, you think we kind of answered some of the questions that people had? Absolutely. There? I think uh, you really did a great job walking through the different possible grades that people may encounter, as well as some of the benefits of and uh, differences between the different grades of HSS that they may encounter in either a specification or in a, uh, a construction project that uh, was specified by somebody else. Great. Uh, Dennis, so in your market, I know you're probably still mm -hmm. a little figuring things out down there, but sure. uh, have you come across any HSS-related questions as of yet? I haven't. I've actually only been doing this for a little bit over a month now. Okay. So, yeah, my experience has been pretty much limited to just networking and trying to get to know everybody. Um, I haven't gotten into as much of the, the technical type questions about material availabilities and those sorts of things at this point, but I'm, I'm sure it'll come up, which is, that, that's why I'm glad I could be here um, and kind of get in, in front of those questions. Um, if they do come up, then I can at least have a resource to go back to. I can reach out to you um, if I need to, to, to get some more of that information. Yeah, that's great. No, I appreciate that. So. Changing gears a little bit here, let's talk a bit about what you guys do. Dennis, you kind of started touching a little bit on it there. So you guys are, your title is a structural steel specialist. Now, Matt, I'm going to start with you. You know, Kind of talk about how your role at AISC has evolved. Now, I guess maybe we should go back and, you know, let's talk about you, you in general, like your background and, and how long you've been an engineer and things like that. So sure. where'd you go to school? I went to the University of Illinois in Champaign. Right. Uh, I was uh, there for my undergrad and, and immediately on for grad school. So uh, came out with both degrees right away. Uh, and then uh, started off designing uh, bridges in, uh, in Chicago for a, uh, a firm there. I've, for better or worse, been a product of the economy. So uh, as work ran out at different places, sooner or later my number was called and uh, I had to find another place to work. So uh, after designing bridges, I did some facilities work for uh, the FAA. Uh, not working for the FAA directly, but a manpower type contract, and was able to get involved with some of that kind of uh, facilities management uh, work in uh, Illinois and Indiana, 
uh, air traffic control towers, radar facilities, things of that nature. After that, I was able to uh, get back into the bridge design market where I was able to design for a uh, internal structural department for an architecture firm in Chicago and did that for about four or five years. Uh, had a little break in the middle of that. Uh, I'm also in the uh, National Guard and was uh, called to uh, serve in Afghanistan for a year, so that uh, caused another uh, shift in my uh, in my career progress. Well, I'm sure that's but, given you some in- unique perspectives. Well, it brings everything into a perspective in a, in a different way, uh, yeah. that's for sure. So all of those things kind of were a, uh, a real variety in the different uh, types of work that I was exposed to, but uh, ultimately landed uh, me here at AISC where having that diverse background and, and some of the exposure to different areas and different topics has uh, proven to be quite a benefit so that I can relate to a lot of different uh, types of work and types of design questions and some of those challenges all across different industries. That's great. So so you came on when regional engineers, right? And you were basically in the Midwest, right? Yeah, so actually I started at the Steel Solutions Center. I did uh, work for AISC in the Steel Solutions Center for about two years and then uh, started on after that as a uh, the upper Midwest regional engineer. So centered on mostly the Great Lakes states. Uh, at that time we had geographic regions that the uh, regional engineers were uh, responsible for tracking projects that were going in on the going on in those areas as well as engaging with the designers and uh, the construction teams that were uh, working in those parts of the country. A few years ago now we've shifted from the regional engineer model to the structural steel specialist model which uh, Uh, is in some ways an acknowledgement that uh, many projects are no longer designed by a team that's geographically centered around the job site any longer, but there may be teams that are composed of people from all parts of the country, sometimes all parts of the world. So in a reaction to that, a lot of what AISC has found is that if we put our resources where the designers are, we'll be more effectively able to engage with them and make sure that they have the resources they need to be successful with their steel frame buildings. Great. And so, Dennis, um, you know, you uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. Yeah, so I went to uh, North Carolina State University in Raleigh. So I'm familiar with the area. I've been there for, you know, since 2000 uh, when I started college. Um, After I graduated, I started working right away, and I didn't have as much bouncing around as, as maybe Matt had, which, you know, he's got a very varied background, which is great. He can talk a lot of, you know, different types of industries and stuff out there. But for me, I started out with a firm. I worked there until they ended up shutting their doors in 2010, and we were acquired. So I left on a, the um, Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and the Monday after was my first day at the new job. So it was no lapse of time, I guess, there. It was the same clients. It was just a, a name change, really. So um, continued on until I left in July and moved over to AISC. It was a you know, new challenge for me. It was, um, you know, I enjoyed the networking aspect of it and getting to know more people um, in the industry and talking to different architects and their different backgrounds and that sort of thing. So it, that's really what drew me to AIC. And, and plus, it's just, you know, such a high standard of, you know, everybody knows AIC in, in the industry. It's really the gold standard out there. So that's that's really my my background, um, you know, it's more of the design side. I don't know if I got into that. A you know, structural engineer, mm-hmm. um, licensed in North and South Carolina, Georgia and Tennessee. Um, so yeah, I did work across the, the Southeast and um, familiar with, with all those territories. 
That's great. Yeah, you're right. AISC is a, is a very important organization. We're, we're a member mill uh, of AISC, and uh, we do, I like to think we do interface quite nicely with, uh, with the AISC staff and, and everyone, and we participate well in the trade shows. So it's definitely an organization that we think very highly of. But yeah, but thanks. So, you know, once again, thanks for, for allowing me to, to be here today. So I guess, you know, kind of focusing a little bit more back on HSS, you know, so Matt, tell me versus, you know, your time in the Midwest versus out here in the East Coast, do you see different challenges for steel and for HSS by region, or is it kind of the same challenges? Uh, there's several challenges that are, are similar across multiple areas, but especially in the D.C. market, some of the challenges are fundamental challenges uh, of using steel in different types of buildings. Uh, for a variety of different reasons, uh, the D.C. market is really driven by the low floor-to-floor uh, options for different types of buildings, and that's largely tied to the height restriction of buildings that are built in D.C., but that same type of design concept and that same type of design thought also percolates out into some of the surrounding areas, and people get used to designing buildings or building buildings in a certain way and take some of those same principles to their other outlying uh, projects as well. So most of those types of low floor-to-floor options present some challenges that uh, the steel industry does have useful solutions for, but doesn't always have a loud enough voice that people know that those are readily available options uh, to work with. So as opposed to other parts of the country, especially when I was working in the Midwest, there wasn't quite that same prevalence for using low floor-to-floor solutions in all types of construction and design. Now, obviously, when you're dealing with low floor-to-floor, you know, it's the floor system that drives a lot of this. And so, you know, we tend to lose out to concrete more often than not when it comes to low floor-to-floor heights. But are you seeing unique floor systems being used here in this market? Uh, Most of the systems are fairly conventional uh, because, again, like you said, low floor-to-floor often drives people towards... uh, areas that are using uh, post-tension concrete, uh, flat slab construction work, and and things like that. But there is definitely potential for using other steel frame systems that will give you that same low floor-to-floor potential with, or projects rather, that uh, can meet or exceed those those same characteristics. Some of it is uh, just a matter of getting that information in the hands of the designers at the right time when it's appropriate to make those decisions during the design. Yeah, it's about knowledge. I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, especially when it comes to HSS, too, it's about knowing what you're dealing with. We tend to, as engineers, sometimes fall back on the traditional knowledge that we were taught in school or we learned in our first couple jobs. But because of the evolution of this industry, because we've seen so much change, it it is important for engineers to keep up, and and that's where our roles uh, of getting that word out about the innovations within the steel industry is so important. Absolutely, and and I think that's where the role of the structural steel specialist really comes into play so that the design community can understand what those latest innovations may be and what is the the potential use of steel in different projects you may have uh, as you are uh, in those development stages. Yeah. So in, you know, low floor to floor situations, I would imagine also uh, floor area becomes uh, a big deal too because obviously if you're squeezing a building down, you want to maximize the amount of floor space. I mean, yeah, that's true of any building, but to me that would think there might be some opportunities for HSS as columns because they tend to take up less foot 
a, a smaller footprint than some other uh, opportunities there. Do you see that as a challenge that can be met here? Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly, and, and you talked about it today in the in the event, but the uh, ability of an HSS uh, member to handle loads, uh, especially column loads, is uh, very efficient when compared with other types of column members. So when you compare a, a pound per pound uh, capacity of an HSS HSS section versus a wide flange section, you're going to see that improvement of performance for the HSS when, when making those comparisons. But um, certainly when you are comparing that to any other building material, uh, concrete or masonry or wood or whatever it may be, the steel framed columns are always going to be much smaller uh, in terms of what the required material is for those load carrying uh, issues. Right. That's a good point. So, Dennis, um, I know you're, you're just kind of still finding your way around sure. uh, the area, but obviously with your history in, mm -hmm. in Raleigh, I mean, what, what challenges does the steel industry face in that part of the world? I think really the, the biggest thing that I'm um, you know, finding is some, some of these companies just kind of get in a, in a rut where they like to use concrete or, you know, they just start to, they don't know the innovations. That's a, a big part of what I'm trying to, to get out there now is, you know, if they're, if a company says they like to use concrete, it's like, well, do you know about what steel can offer? And a lot of times they, they don't, they haven't seen it in years, and they're just kind of used to using the same people. It's like, well, you know, you can't actually save money. And, and there are new, you know, maybe what you, what you thought was the norm and what might have driven you to concrete in the first place, maybe those, you know, hindrances aren't there anymore. You know, so maybe we can get them back into, into steel. And kind of the same vein as that, there's a lot of companies that are used to using steel there, and they might not know about the, the new innovations that are out there. And again, they're used to using the same systems, and you know, there, there's a lot of competition out there. There's the concrete and the wood industry that might be trying to, you know, the, just knock on that door and get get the steel out of the way. And, and that's why I want to stand the, on the forefront of getting these innovations out there and what kind of things things that are that could be restrictions or things that could be chinks in armor that wood and concrete might try to expose so that that's really been my you know getting just getting the word out there and, and me being on the ground I've, I've been finding a lot of positive feedback just having an AIC person there that they can ask questions to that I can come in and do presentations um, that's just you know that's been a huge thing just yeah. in this first month yeah, that's great. You know, and hopefully, you know, we as, you know, steel producers, uh, you know, HSS producers, we can support you guys, mm -hmm. you know, help you, like today, help you understand the specifications, especially like the STM 1085, the newer spec. Uh, and so you guys can go out and, and be disciples, if you will, and pass sure. the word around. Sure. Um, that's really obviously one of the goals that we have is the more people we educate about this, and especially those that go out and talk to other engineers, that's quite helpful. So. Uh, so I appreciate your, your feedback and your insight on, on this. So let's but let's change it up a little bit here um, and, and make it a little fun here. So as you guys have gained some experience, and I'm sure you guys had some mentors in your, in your past, you know, that gave you some good advice. I mean, have you, do you have any nuggets of advice that you would pass along to a young engineer? First and foremost, just stay curious and ask all those questions that uh, you may not think are relevant, uh, but... Uh, are, are kind of keeping you um, from making that progress. I don't know how many questions I've asked where I wish I asked them earlier, uh, and it would have saved me a lot of uh, pain and, and, and heartache uh, and, and probably a, a bit of time as well by just asking those questions uh, up front. Um, so 
you know, the more curious you can stay, the more questions you can ask, uh, you're really going to find that uh, there's all kinds of information and there's all kinds of options available to different problems that may have been solved before or may have been solved in a similar way that can uh, lead you to a much more effective and sometimes a, a much more adventurous uh, solution that delivers the answer uh, even better than what you initially thought it could have been done. Great. Dennis? And yeah, I guess one thing I would say is just don't take any person or opportunity for granted. Um, you know, if you're out there, you know, say you have a mentor that in your office, a manager or whatnot, who, you know, you might just kind of get, you know, blind to what they're saying to you or deaf to what they're saying to you, I guess. You know, you never know what kind of knowledge you can get just by keeping that door open and just keeping the dialogue. If you start to, you know, oh, yeah, I've, I've heard this before or whatever, but it, there's normally good intentions behind it. And, you know, especially like opportunities that come up, you know, anything, any project, whether it be too small or too, you know, maybe you might think you're biting off more than you can chew when you, when you start working on it. You just always learn and just take those opportunities and just add them to your mental portfolio. Um, that's just been something for me that I've, you know, every single opportunity that comes up, I, I want to take advantage of and, and just try to at least take some nugget of information from it. Great. Well, guys, I really appreciate uh, you sitting down with me and talking. Um, I think it was a great event today. Uh, we had about 20 people here today, gave them lunch, and everyone loves a free lunch. <laughs> uh, hopefully they liked the free information as well, too. Um, but thanks for listening in today. Uh, my name, once again, my name is Brad Fletcher, and today I was talking with uh, Matt Brady and uh, Dennis Blarczyk, the Structural Steel Specialist from AIC. And uh, this is our first podcast and hopefully first of many. And if you have feedback, we'd love to hear from you. So uh, don't be afraid to reach out to us on the Atlas Tube website, uh, or you can email me directly at bradley.fletcher at atlastube.com. Uh, and also, I'll reference AISC.org is an excellent website if you're looking for general steel questions to be answered as well, too. So thanks again, and we'll tune in next time. Thanks for listening to Tubular Connections. You can learn more about designing with steel HSS at atlastube.com.